Welcome to another episode of the Life Adventurous Podcast. I'm Jenny Holly, your host, and I am excited yet maybe a little bit sad that the Chakra Series is coming towards the end of its journey because we have arrived to the Crown Chakra. And, you know, my excitement comes from the fact that as we've come, you know, started at the root and worked all the way up to the Crown Chakra, I am super excited for like, the spiritual aspects and connecting with the divine and really exploring that. But I'm sad because I've had all these amazing people on the show and, you know, who knows what happens next. But before we bring on our guest, I want to just share a little bit about what the crown chakra is and we'll hear from our guests as well. So the crown chakra, and I already kind of alluded to this, is it's that connection to the divine. You know, it's your connection to, I guess, what's beyond you know, you call it divine spirit, universe, God, whatever it is that you call it. But also I feel like it's a combination and I can't wait to hear what our guests say, but a combination of like downloading from something outside of you and connecting that to your intuition and implementing it into your life. And I just, I'm so excited for this journey because I'm, this one is one I want to work on a lot and learn more about. And so let me bring on our first guest. Her name is Katie Kennedy. And she is a doctor of physical therapy, a certified yoga instructor, and she's also studying the holistic medical science of Ayurveda. I hope I said it right. And she really is about empowering holistic health and well-being of the mind, body, and spirit through everything that she does. She has such a great energy about her. Of course, she lives in like one of the coolest spots in in the world, in my opinion, when it comes to like spiritual stuff, and that's Boulder, Colorado. There's no other better place to go. So Katie, welcome to the show. Share a little bit more about who you are, what you do, but you have to share something fun about yourself. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be here, Jenny, and for this opportunity to talk about the crown chakra because it's really an opportunity to talk about the summation of all the chakras. So it's just so beautiful. So I'm grateful for this opportunity. Thank you. And yes, my background is physical therapist and yoga instructor, and I'm also studying Ayurveda. Right now I'm studying to become an Ayurveda yoga instructor with Kripalu, and it's so wonderful. Understanding the subtle body with the physical body and the etheric body and how to move the body in a specific way based on how you feel in your physical experience and energetic experience as well as what time of the year it is. So it's rather a beautiful, beautiful practice because I also study functional medicine and that is a um, derivative of naturopathic medicine where it's like really trying to look at the root cause of what's going on in the body and causing disease or dysfunction. And it's really about really aligning the cellular and physiological health back to getting itself into functioning more optimally. But I personally am more excited about how Ayurveda taps into the Vedic principles of quantum energy and quantum mechanics and physics and this idea that everything is connected because that's what the crown chakra is all about and understanding how frequencies are in this universe and the world that we live in and how we can tap into certain frequencies ourselves to create certain outcomes in our mind, body and spirit. And that can happen through action, thought, 
what you're putting in and on your body, what you're surrounding yourself with, who you're surrounding yourself with, the activities you guys are doing together, the things you're talking about, as well as what your goals are in life and like how your outlook is on life, all of it. So it's a really like a beautiful summation of what life is about without dividing and separating one from another because the mind, the body, and the soul creates your experience as who you are and you're not your mind. You're not your body. You're not your soul. You're you're, you're not even your experience. You're really, you're, you're experiencing this gift, this opportunity to share this vessel and the best way to activate every part of its gift is to work through the chakras. And when you layer the, the root all the way to the crown and you work from a bottom up and a top down, you really, you, you become grounded in the sensation of this experience without getting dissociated. Mm-hmm. And that's like the biggest thing. Okay, before we go further, I just want to define a couple words because some okay. of these words may be a little bit newer to some of our listeners. I just want to make sure. So define what Ayurvedic yoga is. Okay. So Ayurveda yoga is a subset of yoga where it's using pretty much the Ashtanga yoga principles, the Patanjali yoga sutras, so the eight limbs. And it's equating, it's Ayurveda also has its eight limbs where it has different stages of its medicine. And this practice, I like to think of it as you can practice yoga, but you can't practice Ayurveda. Like you or no, no, I'm sorry. You can practice Ayurveda. You have to practice Ayurveda with yoga is essentially what I'm trying to get at, but you can practice yoga by itself. But like Ayurveda, you you have to use yoga because that's part of the, the process to unveiling how you experience the world and how you experience yourself and how you experience consciousness. And one of the things about Ayurveda yoga that's very particular is it's going based on their subtle body anatomy and physiology where it's going into how to move the body in a specific way at a specific time of day or time of year that creates balance or homeostasis in the physiology and the energy of the body. So like how emotions show up like this time of year. I keep hearing from people, they're just like stuck in habits. They're having a hard time getting out of things. So the type of practice that is beneficial from an Ayurvedic yoga perspective is to move in a way that's stimulating, that energizes and uplifts and creates this upward and outward energy. So like singing, chanting mantra, which is the throat chakra, and also going to be like helping connect and open yourself to things up higher. So that's like one of the remedies to do this time of year. So It's an ancient Indian practice that came from India. It was passed down from sages, the gurus to the students in way of mantra or chanting. And it's so beautiful because it's it's about that frequency. I would love to talk about a little bit where like the Sanskrit or Sanskrit, however you want to pronunciate it, Sanskrita is the traditional way of pronunciating. And then Sanskrit is the English way of pronunciating it and understanding that it's a frequency language it's a musical language that when you sing like om or you sing these these musical words it's not just information it's consciousness and you're getting a transfer from the teacher to the student and we're doing that like with mantra ourselves when we're doing that to help open ourselves up so 
that's a little bit of <laughs> it's so in-depth like that's just an example yeah no, I can go and on that's, forever <laughs> and that's perfect and I and I know that we're going to talk more about that throughout the episode yeah. but I wanted to have an anchor there as to what the heck it was so that yeah. someone would just be like thinking about that the entire time before yeah. we go deeper and before we dig in you still got to share something fun about you Okay. Um, I have two doodle dogs. One is named Poochie Little Bear and the other one's named Chief Golden Bear. And <laughs> they're both golden doodles. Aww. And I call them Poochief. That was not planned at all. <laughs> so I call them Poochief. <laughs> Another fun thing about me is I love plants. Like I literally love plants. So as you can see, there's some behind me. Mm-hmm. I have like over... 50 of them and I'm actually like propagating all of them and I'm going to be giving them away (laughs) or getting rid of some of them because it's just too many. Oh, I love plants. (laughs) That's so cool. I love that. Okay. So now, now back in, back into like the spiritual stuff. Thank you for sharing. I love that. It's like my favorite question uh, Mm -hmm. to hear more about you. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about what the crown chakra means to you. You already touched on it a little bit in the intro, but explain a little bit about what it means to you and how it ties into your work I'm and your sorry, story I live in there. Yeah. Yes. It's like in your story too, because I yeah. think this is going to come out naturally, but I want you to also share your story. So thank you. I appreciate that. So the, the crown chakra to me is it is the connection for me in this physical to the non-physical. So I've, I already said that. And it's like the, it's been described as the infinite to the finite connection where like you can connect yourself to source or God or spirits. And that's a tricky thing because you start there. There's so many, there's just a lot when you start going down that path. So I'm not even going to go down that path, but like when you start opening up, we'll just say to source. And that's kind of like what we'll leave it as it's you're connecting to a consciousness and a state of frequency at very levels can connect you to states within yourself and outside of yourself that create things for you to either manifest in your life or kind of heal through. So it's that connecting point. Like how I, so I'm also being a physical therapist, the body, I use this in my work a lot because I personally have a, (laughs) I've been into my crown chakra a lot and I've had to do a lot of embodied work. So like, I love embodiment, like embodiment is the coolest thing in the world, because you can take your consciousness, instead of doing the astral projecting outside of your body, you can astral project inside of your body. Whoa, (laughs) mind blown, like you can, you can do that, like, and you can generate healing, like if you get into a state of awareness, where you can shift your consciousness outside of your out of your physical, and that's the whole point of the crown chakra. And you can bring it into the body. You can actually heal yourself. I mean, it, that that is proven in ancient Indian texts. Uh, I've seen people do it. I've experienced it, and it's possible. There's people like I remember hearing a story about a guy who, and like I love learning about spine injuries because I've had individual injuries myself with my spine, but I've also treated so many people with spine injuries. Like I'm like, when I look in the history of how many people I've treated with spine, I'm like, that's more than any other condition I've ever seen. And it's like low back, neck, thoracic. And the thing is, every single one of these people have something going on 
that is chakra related within the energies of their body and the way that their hormones are expressing through like the endocrine glands or how they're having emotions show up in their bodies and stagnation or depletion or just too much, you know? Yeah, that's so to answer that part of that's kind of how I see the crown chakra. And in a way that's in my life, what I found is that I had a very strong connection to source or God as a child. And I grew up in a very Catholic environment where it did not breed the same understanding I understood. Like I view God in everything. Like I see God in everything. It's very hard for me not to, unless I'm emotionally perturbed. (laughs) So, and that's like the thing that people have to be aware of that things can slate your consciousness from you actually experiencing the true preservation of that moment and being, being completely there. So it kind of, I, I shut that down and became very disembodied through health experiences and being very ill as a kid, young adult, teenager all the way up until like about two years ago and and it was even more than that it was about three and a half years ago I was like I'm gonna be stop eating meat and when I stopped eating meat I that was like when I just made a major conscious shift Mm -hmm. and that's not for everyone and I want to make that very clear like I am very much a a devout vegan plant-based person but I think that There's a lot of um, intensity emotion wise around being plant based and being vegan and like the reasons why. And I think people need to make choices for themselves on what's called ahimsa, Mm non-harm. So you need to practice non-harm to the animal as well as non-harm to yourself. And that may be your physiological needs and understanding that, okay, like, like asking for forgiveness for buying, like things like in copious amounts that's produced through factory farming or just spending extra money to purchase um, local homegrown grass-fed produced meat that's treated as not a commodity and a crop that's treated as part of the family that's going to be producing for other people as nourishment because that's when you receive prana and the prana is what helps you connect to the universe and that's that crown chakra type of thing. Like you, you take prana in through the crown chakra in one of the ways, as well as through the nostrils. And what's beautiful is like when you are nostril breathing and you're, you are focusing on pulling prana in, Ayurveda says that prana is the sub, is one of the sub layers of this energy called vata. And vata is the energy of air and space. So that air and space energy is obviously going to those higher chakras and out of the body and the consciousness. And this prana vata energy comes in through the body, through the nose, through the crown chakra, through what you eat, sunlight, and the interactions and love you have with other people. So when it's specifically nostril breathing over mouth breathing and a fun fact (laughs) that I have learned. And I do believe that this is the reason why that prana comes through the nose over the mouth from a Western perspective is nitric oxide is pulled in only through nostril breathing, not through mouth breathing. And that is a very important mineral or chemical for our body to use to appropriate uh, vaso, man, having a blank on that, vasodilation, I believe, and it just helps the body relax a little bit more. And, or it helps it constrict, do not quote me on that one, (laughs) but nitric oxide is the most important part. So, and it, what it is important to know is that when you breathe in through the nose from a spiritual perspective and the crown chakra is it's going up to the 
the penile gland and the pituitary gland. It immediately goes up there into the that space. So that's nourishing your crown chakra and nourishing the higher states of energy with your mind and body. So a fun practice for that, um, and it's a pranayama practice, and you should make sure that you are appropriate for pranayama first before you do any sort of pranayama practice, but it's a nadi shodhana, that's alternate nostril breathing. And the practice is, is you inhale through one nostril, and then you close it off, and then you exhale, and then you inhale, and then you close it off, and then you exhale through the, and you just alternate that. And it's a beautiful practice. It's called Nadi Shodhana, and it's alternate nostril breathing if you're looking for a, um, a good embodied practice that is for that crown third eye chakra. So it's a <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. So when you say embodied, is that also another word for being present or does it mean something else to you? So it definitely means being present. Um, embodied in its like true definition is just being aware of the body. But like embodied is, and what I feel that is the most healthy thing that people can do in this life. Because when you get too in the crown chakra, and I've met people like this, they make me anxious. When I'm around people that are too in the crown chakra and they're not grounded, I get too swept with the energy. And obviously I'm working on my own grounding so that doesn't happen. But it's like I've noticed that when if I'm not perfectly centered and grounded around people like that, I get swept with it. And it's because they're dissociated with their physical body. And when you're dissociated with the physical body, you're not truly opening and connecting with your crown chakra because you're overusing it, you're depleting it, or you're something's happening where you're just not addressing lower chakra imbalances or deficiencies that you need to be kind of as focusing on. And that creates a more wholesome experience. And being embodied is really just about being aware of the physical experience <laughs> while you are not directing or controlling or trying to speak in a, and talk about it in your mind. You're just observing. So it's a neutral space of awareness of your physical body just to be like, ah, I'm moving my body that way today and I'm noticing it feels this way for me. Cool. And maybe it's desirable or not desirable, but it's information. So embodiment is developing a relationship with the body so that you get information from the outside world in a way that is wholesome and natural so that you're moving in a way that is in alignment with what you need. Hmm. I love that because something that keeps coming up through this whole series is this idea of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And regardless of what chakra we're talking about, <laughs> that's, that's a common theme because it's becoming aware of, you said, and especially I love what you said about without the attachment, the emotional mm -hmm. attachment to it or the judgment that comes with like just noticing. Yep. This is happening. Okay. You yep. know, so there's so many, there's so many directions we could go. And I think I the direction that I want to go is I want to talk a little bit about this lifestyle to sustain mm -hmm. and continue to open up the crown chakra, but cool. also... You know, one of the things that we just briefly touched on before we went live is this idea of protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to talk about both of those things. All right. So the first one being about making this a sustainable lifestyle so that you are constantly working on the chakras and specifically the crown chakra to support it in a way that it continually opens up to the world. So 
in my personal experience, and I believe this to be true for everyone, is that when I stopped working on my crown chakra and started working on the other areas of my body that required assistance, whether it was like the sacral root or uh, solar or heart chakra, like it was just whatever it was, when I started focusing on the areas that were the most depleted and then went from there, this opened more. Hmm. It like it, it effortlessly opened up more. So the the biggest and the best thing that one can do is honestly live in alignment with, with truth that, and it's from a yoga perspective, that is a bias. So I'll make that um, known in the beginning. So just following the, the yoga principles of the niyamas and the yamas to start. And those are observances with the world and the observances with yourself. So it's how you are choosing to interact with other people. And a specific way that resonates at a frequency that will begin to align your cellular energy to just begin creating these little building blocks that begin building this bigger empire thing that that eventually builds a bigger thing that eventually builds this bigger thing that's a sustainable foundation for you to stand upon that makes this a sustainable lifestyle that is like for example, one thing that can really jack up being open up to the like your crown chakra is if you're having any issues with properly like detoxifying your body. So like the crown chakra is part of the pituitary gland and a little bit of the penile and hypothalamus. Like I've read that it's multiple. So it's like, well, all right, crown, crown chakra, third eye chakra kind of in a way are together. So if you lump them in a together way, you're able to look at them from a perspective of a Western perspective of seeing them as the brain (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like thinking of like, okay, so it's mostly the brain. (laughs) And when you think of that, there's a lot of um, lymphatic tissue that's in the head and the neck. And if people are not properly detoxifying or moving that lymph, things can get stagnant and cause blockages or backup and what's like neurotoxins to start building up. And other things can get blocked in there that are hogging things like heavy metals, parasites, um, whatever is in there, whether it's like a benign growth or tumorous growth or whatever it may be. There's things that happen when we're not taking care of certain things on the physical that affect the energetic of the chakra. And so like, for example, like something that would benefit that is and benefits the whole body and actually benefits some of the lower chakras too, is is a practice called Abhayanga. And that's an Ayurveda daily practice, which is called a part of a thing called Dinacharya. And Dinacharya is a daily routine. And an Ayurveda believes that if you wake with the sun, you go to sleep with the moon, and you you do things like in a way that the elements of nature move, your microcosm will become in a natural state of balance. And I believe that to be true. So if you're doing that for the physical, then the energetic will start to seamlessly put its pieces together. And genetically and energetically, you will begin to evolve consciously, because you're opening up because you're not worrying about these lower energetic things like am I, am I gonna make sure that my body is like healthy enough? Am I dealing with this issue? What about this pain? Or like, you know, there's like things that pull you out of your consciousness. And those are things that pull you into the material world. And it could be things that are you're addicted to in the external, like your cell phone. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like that's a very common thing today. And that's, that's actually, and I've been noticing this on social media because I like to watch patterns Yeah. (laughs) because I have nothing better to do. Just watch patterns on social media. You, if you watch one person post something and see how that same information starts to thread through that group of people that you follow. Mm -hmm. And it's like this 
this hive mind way of thinking, which is in a way like not bad, but it's like self-reinforcing versus consciousness itself. Collective consciousness is everything. It's not just reinforcing what it knows. It's everything. Like you can't get away from it. And like an experience that I've been having recently, and this will happen for people when they start getting neutrally balanced in certain states of their body, the Maya will begin to dissolve. They'll start to stop. They'll start seeing beyond the illusion and they'll start to see past the bullshit and the things that are holding them back. And they're able to see that everything in this world is not quite as it seems. And it's a, some, and it's a, it's a heartaching truth because it's like, wow, it's nothing that they ever believed. And it's, but it's also something that is super important because it's, it's evolution and it's growth. Because if you, if you step outside, what's you, what you know, you're experiencing, then you evolve. Mm-hmm. And what, what I've been noticing is that when that happens, sometimes time does not exist. <laughs> so everything is super overwhelming where everything I'm just experiencing everything. So that's consciousness where everything is happening spontaneously all at once. And what we are is we are just physical manifestations of that consciousness in a very, very um, refined form that is experiencing the world through its senses and intellect or the mind. And to make it sustainable, it's understanding that what you do every day, your lifestyle, your routine is what contributes to your health and your well-being and practicing these things of awareness is the biggest, like, as you said, it's the biggest thing. And it's awareness of yourself, awareness of others and awareness of nature. And it's not, and it's how all of those interact with each other and how you can interact with those in a way that creates flow. Flow is super important because when you tap into flow, that's when consciousness also starts to open up for you because then you start to see, like I said, those patterns and you'll start to see patterns in nature where you're like, oh, wow, like I see how these things are connecting together and they work in unison with each other, but they're, it's represented in the physical as separate. <laughs> and it's, it's a beautiful trip. <laughs> it's a beautiful trip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's how you kind of make it sustainable. And then um, the second question was? With protection. Protection. This is another super important one. And protection really comes from you being aware of yourself. Because when you go into the etheric energy or the kind of the space, the Akash, you're, you're seen by everything. And if you're very pure and bright, and you have a lot of like light energy, it may attract things that you're not necessarily looking for. And it may show up as physical, emotional, or people in your life that you're just like, what the F? (laughs) And it's just like these, they're lessons, but they may be avoidable suffering. And so protection is super important because you have to be aware of what you can experience before you experience it to know that you may be able to handle it. And there's going to be times like I've been had spiritual attacks where I was just like, you know, I need to learn that. I'm glad it wasn't super bad where I'd like died, but definitely had some like major emotional trauma from it that it, it made me super aware that you need to have a lot of compassion. So what's you a, before a, you go further, what's a spiritual attack? So, okay. So a spiritual attack basically was through an experience that, and I've had these before, but I didn't know what they were, but I had this experience through another person who I did not get good vibes from. And the energy they gave off was very sucking. 
And so I really dis just did not engage with them. So I just kind of just kept dismissing their energy and just did not engage with them physically. And then I was like, you know, I need to be more open to people. I need to be less judgmental. I don't know why I thought that. So I was just like, you know, maybe I can be nice to this person because they're asking me a nice question. And I answer the question and immediately as I start answering the question, my sacral chakra and my um, solar plexus started to feel depleted and I started feeling immediately nauseous. And this is not a normal thing that happens for me. So I was just like, what the F is going on? What is happening? So I was just like, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I need to leave. And I just walked away. And later that day in another experience, she verbally attacked me mm. <laughs> and was very disrespectful and just like, it was just very bad. It was a bad experience all in all. Cause I had no idea who this person was. And obviously she didn't like me because of who I am <laughs> for whatever reason, mm -hmm. you know, it just was a, I didn't do anything, you know, and just, it was a very intense experience where I learned a lot in that moment where if you feel like somebody is trying to take your energy or sucking from your body, then you just need to walk away. And then if it, and if that really did happen, it will physically happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you will have a physical experience with that person where you're just, it'll confirm it. And the best thing you can do is, as I was going into is have understanding for that person that they may not know that there's something attached to them that's working through their energy. And that's going to attack people and having compassion for the fact that they may be healing and going through things. But also having um, humility and know that like, okay, yell at me, <laughs> say what you want, like, you know, just having humility in the moment. And uh, forgiveness, having forgiveness is super important. And doing these things elevates your frequency. And in the way of elevating your frequency, there's certain energies that can't even uh, be attracted to you, like they can't affect you, because your frequency is too high, they just vibrate so low, that by just doing these actions, they kind of, their effect is neutral, or informative, and unaffected to you. So it basically makes a Merkaba. And I'm not sure. Are you familiar with Merkabas? I know. I've never heard it. It's a six-pointed star that's it's not three-dimensional. It's like three-dimensional, but it's more than three-dimensional. It's like 5D. And basically, the Merkaba is this. It's a triangle that's an inverted triangle inside of another triangle, and they're counter-spinning to each other, and they create what's called a toroidal field. And we all have in our bodies a toroidal field. And it, where I feel it coming out of my body is the heart chakra mm -hmm. to the solar chakra. And I, I'm not sure if that's accurate or the same for everyone, but it just kind of flows up and out and then mm -hmm. went to the earth and then comes in and it just does the opposite out the back and does the same thing. But we have these toroidal fields and there's um, these energetic fields on our bodies or for our bodies. Like we're bioelectric beings. We're not just biological beings. We're bioelectric. And we have these energetic bodies and these, um, and that's kind of what they show up as. So compassion, valor, appreciation, appreciation is a big one. So appreciation, forgiveness, understanding, compassion, valor, and humility. So basically, by attending yourself to these emotions for that experience, or for whatever experience you may have for any person or anything, it helps create that Merkaba, that energy around you, and you're able to protect yourself against energetic beings or people that may have energetic beings associated to them that may not necessarily be positive and like you may and this is an example like if you're empath empathic like if you're very sensitive to energy if you feel drained 
around someone. You feel exhausted. You feel fatigued. Like for me, it was nausea because that's what showed up, but like a draining sensation, emotionally tired. Maybe you just like, you went over there, you hung out and you just like ate a meal, but you feel like, holy shit, I just got hit by a train. What yeah. happened? Like, and, and that's not, and they per, that person may be going through something, but that, that may be that kind of energy. And it's just being aware that that, especially if you're empathic, you attract narcissists mm. <laughs> and that it's pe- people I'm sure are aware of the fact that, and it's just people that, and again, you have to have the compassion and the appreciation and like understanding, forgiveness, valor and humility for the experience and the person. And like, but yes, that is, um, so the those crown six, crown. those six things come up like after it's happened that you have to have for before. the person, but both. So it's before yeah. and after. Yeah, you want to tune yourself to that frequency 24 seven. So basically, anything that's happened to you in the past, you want to like do that to anything that's happening to you in the present, you want to do that for anything that may happen in the future, you want to do that for because it's a frequency and it's energy and it's um, into that quantum understanding of things. And personally, I don't have a 100% understanding or the verbiage to communicate about it, I can see it and experience it to know enough that we are not just these physical things that we're experiencing where we see with our eyes that there's frequencies and energies that are associated to it. So if you're using these emotions to shift yourself away from like maybe the the counter opposites of them, like forgiveness would be holding a grudge and appreciation would be like um, de-appreciation. I don't know what's the opposite of appreciation, like not satisfied or unsatisfied with that person yeah not appreciating them and you know like the opposites and it's shifting yourself on that continuum to the other end so that you vibrate from that frequency so that you resonate and you attract from the universe more of that and less of the other thing and it's just being aware Mm -hmm. (laughs) really and and compassionate do you feel that like if we're going to embody those six you know those six emotions and really Mm -hmm. and build them up and, and create that protection do you feel that we would be able to have that protection regardless of if our crown chakra is open or not? I think that's hard to say a hard, steadfast yes or no, because I'm not an expert. <laughs> I'm just a, a beginner in the world of the, the vastness of consciousness. And I have like, just like a breadth of understanding. And I try to be more conservative with it because mm-hmm. of the experiences that I had. And I personally think that being embodied is the best way to protect yourself because you become more aware of what is you and not you. And you're able to deflect what is not you with those emotions and that that state of mindset. So you can use those as a mindset kind of reset for yourself. And like, what I think is important to know is that the protection is going to vary based on you as the person and what you're going through and, and your level of focus. Like I think some people are going to be more able to do it than others and it's just like with anything it's a skill and it's we're all a hundred percent capable of doing it it's just whether or not you practice that skill and and I think that you can learn a lot by doing your own research into some of these topics specifically stuff about sacred geometry and frequency healing and frequency medicine because those things can give you some more knowledge on what's practical in this world that you're experiencing to understand it better. Yeah. And I think, I think the other thing that I'm picking up from this part of the conversation is that, you know, as we go through this journey, as we're learning more about ourselves as a physical body, a spiritual Mm -hmm. body, you know, and, and really exploring these different chakras and different aspects of ourself is this idea of 
remaining true and that we have yeah. different stages and we're all going through different stages. And I know that's something we talked about before we got on that you're really passionate about. So talk yeah. a little bit about, you know, just these different stages and how we can still show compassion for both ourselves and others, mm -hmm. you know, in this journey we call life. Yeah. And we're experiencing it a, a lot right now <laughs> mm -hmm. with everything in our world where there's so many things that are literally clashing, like mm -hmm. clashing, like between everyone. I find it disheartening because we don't need to clash with each other. We just need to understand each other better. <laughs> and like, if we have a more of a state of understanding, we can really work from a place of compassion. Because if we understand um, what we are going through ourselves and what other people are going through, we can work from a place of understanding of why they are behaving in the way they are behaving. Because some people project. And I would say more or less everyone projects, but some people project more than others in how they feel about themselves onto other people. And it's very unfortunate to be on the other end of it if it's not positive, because it can be very emotionally traumatizing because you're just like, what did I do wrong? But it's really not you, it's them. And you have to be aware that they are sharing with you information about them. And they have no idea that they're letting you into their soul. <laughs> but you're like, I see into you because I have compassion and appreciation for who you are as a person. And I forgive you for treating this way because I know that you come from a different place than me. And you have a different experience than me. And I understand and I can feel where you're coming from because you're listening in a way that is present and it's active. And that's kind of a way that we can help connect with others better when they're in different states of consciousness, different states of enlightenment, or like towards that state of self realization, because there's like, in my family, like, my parents, <laughs> or they give me a hard time. And I'm like, you know, I really figured it out this time I got this thing here, and you should try it. And they're like, No, I think I'm gonna keep working on what I'm doing here. I'm like, you know, it's working for me. It may work for you. And they're like, no, <laughs> but it's like, it's a paradigm thing. So just like understanding people have different paradigms. It's really an empathic state of view and being able to put yourself in that person's shoes and sit from their eye view. So it's always like not trying to over observe in a way where you're trying to advise and detail and answer but observe in a way where you're gathering information from the outside world and this person's giving you information about themselves and you can alter and adjust how you behave to help them. Yeah. No, I think that's really a really good point because I'm just thinking about myself, you know, when I'm going through a transformation and I'm learning a lot of different things and then I like step out into the like quote unquote real world, whether it's something like a grocery store or it's, you know, where it's like just the public or if it's, friends I haven't talked to in a while or family I haven't talked to in a while. I've already made all these big shifts and changes. I have different thoughts and feelings. And, you know, some of those things come out because I just feel so like comfortable and I just say some of the things. And then I realize, oh, wow, like I'm at a totally different level understanding. Mm -hmm. Like these words are not hitting or they're making these people uncomfortable right now. So I have to remember yeah. like, okay, I've been in my bubble so long doing this and, you know, talking to other like-minded people who are like, yeah, yeah, that's me too. You know, and mm -hmm. especially with the new app Clubhouse, I mean, you can have a lot of these conversations and realize that there's a lot of people just like you, that it makes it feel like everybody talks about this stuff. And then mm -hmm. you come, kind of go out to the world. I mean, it just happened to us. We just <laughs> got a storage unit and talking to the girl, the things that she 
made small talk with like completely caught me off guard because I was like, what? She was like, yeah, so what do you think about this? And I was like, I don't even think about that. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, know. I guess it's good. You know, like it, it totally caught me off guard. And I realized like, wow, you know, just just yeah. life, right? And where, but having compassion for the people, you know, people are where they're at. And I feel like we can shine our light and let, like just be that, mm-hmm. that source of love and energy mm-hmm. and not come from a place of judgment, which is just saying what you just said in a different way and, and reinforcing yeah. that. So beautiful. So the thing I want to, I want to talk about before we end is I want, I want to talk a little bit more about sattva and sattvic mm-hmm. and the sattvic state and how it ties into proper energy management, because it is the name of your business, but it's also mm-hmm. ties into this concept and it's not a word I have heard before. So I think this would just be fun to explore and learn more. Oh, awesome. So it, the it's sattva and sattvic. So sattva is one of the three primordial energies called prakriti. And so when consciousness manifested, it, it basically consciousness got bored and was like, I need a container. And prakriti was like, I'll be your container. And consciousness is like, well, let's go explore the world. And they came together. And so prakriti and consciousness which is called purusha came together and it made manifestation and basically we are a manifestation of that so sattva is one of those three so it's sattva with rajas and tamas so i'm going to use only those three words that are in sanskrit and stay there so sattva is a word that means wholesome virtuous and pure and then there's rajas that means like transformation movement, stimulation. It's also seen as like aggression and overstimulation. Then there's tamas, which is stable stability. Sattva is also stability, but this is more of like, um, sattva is like a sustainable stability. Tamas is like a um, sustained stability. (laughs) Like you don't get out of the stability, (laughs) like you're stuck, but it is a good stuck for some things like being in a relationship and sleeping and doing things like that. But it can also represent lethargy and depression. So these three energies become one. And that's Prakriti. But then as they become manifested, they shift into Sattva, becoming a wholesome state of Rajas and Tamas, where they come together. And so Rajas is the sun rising and the sun setting and the spring coming and the fall coming. Tamas is summer and nighttime. And sattva is like that beautiful spring and sunny summer and the sunshiny day. So if you think about the terms being like that, it's easy to understand them. So you cannot have one without the other is essentially what I'm saying. But the name of my business, I chose to be sattva because there's this idea that if you have this wholesome state of rajas, and a wholesome state of tamas, it creates a wholesome state of sattva. And you need to balance these three energies as they interweave and out of each other as they flow up and flow down and they change every day, like a sine wave. So like a up down wave kind of thing, like sound. So when you align yourself to these energies and know that there's this constant fluctuation and change that you need to be doing. And sometimes when things are in an unwholesome state, they kind of cover and gloss over the fact that you are truly an inherently sattvic state. And your, your ego is inherently sattvic. And so are your senses and your mind. And what you need to do is know that these things are inherently that 
wholesome, good, virtuous, pure energy. And sometimes they get covered, like the mind gets covered by the rajas, like, and tamas, and the senses usually get covered by tamas, because they're, that's just what they're experiencing mostly. And that's that earthy energy and that grounded energy. And rajas is that subtle body energy, that energy in the middle. And then the etheric is the sattvic. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going way more in depth with this. But um, it, I think it's important because people hear the word sattvic and they think, oh, I just need to be sattvic. But it's not about being sattvic. It's about being in alignment with the energies and the flow of the universe because you are a microcosm of the macrocosm. And what you want to do is you want to... Um, get aligned with how to feel yourself fluctuate and how to try and align it with the most sattvic thing you can. So sattvic is um, like a sattvic lifestyle is usually a yogic lifestyle where it's living by the eight limbs of yoga. And it's also eating a vegetarian or vegan diet. And it's uh, mostly plant based kind of nutrition. But then it's also using a yoga um, practice as well to move the body in certain ways. And other sort of austerities like that is called tapas and that's just kind of having discipline with your actions in life to create certain actions in in your consciousness yeah so you can actually open yourself up to higher states of consciousness so that's really what the sattvic lifestyle is is doing those things as well as treating others with a state of service so true sattva is living in a way of service to others so you do serve yourself because you know you cannot serve others unless you serve yourself first, but you're not gluttonous, or, you know, like over attached, you're willing to share your abundance. And that's really what the whole state of um, cultivating sava is about. It's not just the physical, it's not just the, the mental, like making sure that you're studying appropriate things and t- challenging your mind and in appropriate ways and right use of attention. It's also spiritual and how you look at life and look at yourself and how you carry out day-to-day actions. Like if you chant and do mantra, that's great for sattvic um, cultivation. And so it's it's a full spectrum. <laughs> full no, spectrum. It, so- it sounds amazing. And it sounds like that's a lot of what the work that you do. So mm-hmm. if someone's listening and they're like, oh my gosh, Katie is like, I love her vibe. I love what she's talking about. I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about, you know, this journey to my opening up my crown chakra even more, this journey, this journey to being more aligned with sattva, this, this just everything, like they want to maybe do some yoga with you or whatever. Like if someone's really vibing, how would they do it? Or what steps would they take to work with you? So right now I'm not accepting any new clients because I'm, I'm saturated, but I do have a free offering that is for, it's called Embodied Movement with Dr. KT. And it's a free mobility and yoga series. Every week I release a 15 minute video that goes over a theme. So every month has a theme. So this month is breathing. Last month was about feet and next month is going to be more about balancing that mind and body with kappa energy in this seasonal influence. So they can go to sattva, S-A-T-T-V-A dash being.com and you can sign up there and basically it's free forever awesome. <laughs> and you get the you get the videos um, every week. I release a new video. Um, I'm working on building a membership site for that so that I can have the whole month be there for access. But I just want a specific month focus because everything is like seasonally appropriate. Eventually, people will have the opportunity to do more with me through an embodied living membership 
where I'm going to, I'm basically creating this membership for people to have the ability to embody a Satvic lifestyle because it's, it's hard. And like you, we live in a world that draws us into our senses and into the world and into the material possessions. And, and it, and in our Western perspective of things for health, we always want to add things. And sometimes we need to take things away Mm -hmm. and do things in a very unique and um, individualized perspective. And I'm creating basically a big platform where people can pick and choose what they need to help themselves elevate at that present moment. And then they can keep accessing that information. And there's going to be monthly yoga and mobility classes. I'm very passionate about teaching people how to move because we don't do that in our world. We don't teach people how to move their body in a very conscious embodied way that is biomechanically sound. I love that. And I know my husband Jay would like that too, because he comes from a fitness background where he's seen trainers injure clients Mm -hmm. because they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, while it's not something he's like continuing to do, it's still like, he's, he's all about, like both of us are all about just get moving and have fun with it. And even, you know, even also too, it's like getting out of the norms of society, right? Like the norms of how it's supposed to be. But I love that you're focusing on movement and making all come together, but you've got the, the, the nice marrying of the different practices that you've studied to be able to create this really powerful experience. And it's important because you're not just the physical being, you're more than that. And it's, and I, I cannot do someone justice and you cannot do yourself justice. If you just focus on one aspect of yourself, there's, it's sad. Western medicine um, has reduced things so much that it, it makes it confusing for people when they go into like holistic medicine and it's so abstract and conceptual based. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, thank you so much for sharing all of your amazing, powerful wisdom you know, you took us through a great journey for the crown chakra. You know, for me, definitely this conversation, while I understood what we talked about, a lot of these words are new to me. I have not gone down the path. I've heard of Ayurveda. See, I'm like still practicing how to say it. So I, I've, I've learned about it or I've heard about it, but I haven't learned about it. So this was a great introduction, like teaser, you know, just kind of like, oh, that's what it's about. Because sometimes there are things that we've never learned before that maybe just seem overwhelming with all the new words and all the, mm-hmm. you know, complexities, but you really made it simple. So. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Yes, of course. All right, guys, thank you for being a guest and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Life Adventurous podcast. If you love this episode, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For course information, freebies, and to stay connected, join our Ohana, that means family, at www dot two jhala.com forward slash ohana remember to stay positive enjoy the journey and most of all keep those eyes open for all of the adventures surrounding you